Hey everybody, welcome to Weekly Dish on Saturday on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I am here with Elizabeth Reese this weekend. Good morning, my friend. Because Ms. Hansen is down in Florida. Yeah, she is. She's She's living life. Living that beach life as we speak. So that's kind of awesome. Um, So I'm so glad to have you with me, Ms. Reese. (laughs) And um, it's time. It's time for Top 2 in Hour 2. Actually, Brian, I don't... Forgot to tell you, there's a sounder for that. Yeah. But never mind. Here we go. All right. Top two and out two. That's it. Woo! That's it. This is the part of, show, of the show where we share two things that we're just really obsessed with yeah. right now. I didn't even tell you that. That's no. really funny. And Brian's all like, "Is there anything going on?" I'm like, "No." Oh, God. Yeah. No. It's fine. We're we we are good. We're good. We're so, good. Okay. These are some things. So let's go. You go with your first one. Okay. So I just have to give a shout out to Tina Rexing, who is the force of nature behind T-Rex cookies. And she came on Twin Cities Live this week and she's got her T-Rex cookie dough to go. Have you seen this? No. So she now has frozen cookie dough that you can buy and then bake at home. But here's the thing about Tina. So Tina's whole deal is these giant cookies. Giant. And her cookies, I'm going to tell you something, I've been eating them for years and years because she used to have a spot right across the street from (laughs) the station. I know. And so I've been eating them for years and I've known her for years. And I will tell you, the cookies have just gotten progressively more and more delicious. Delicious. Like they are perfection because they're very large. And so I think at first it was sort of figuring out like how to make these cookies big and the size and the impact was so fun, but then still make them like perfectly crispy around the edge and then really nice and soft in the center. She's totally mastered it. They're unbelievable. And the trick is that you cook them, you bake them low and slow. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. She bakes them at like 280 degrees for like 30 minutes. Yes. But now you can get her cookie dough (sighs) at places like Kowalski's, Target, Hy-Vee. And you buy this bag of frozen cookie dough. But here's the trick, Steph. They're still giant. Oh. So you open up the bag and they are these giant pucks of cookie dough. And they're giant discs. And you put them on a jelly roll pan, two of them, that's it, fit on the jelly roll pan, <sighs> and then you bake them in the oven, and then you either eat them yourself or you cut them into like wedges or pieces or yeah. whatever, and you can also bake them in a cast iron skillet as <sighs> well. It is so much fun, and so what I really love about this is I just think Tina is so wonderful because she's really upfront about how difficult running a small business is. Right. She's always willing to, and I'm going to use the cliche word pivot when something is not working right. or a pandemic hits or something like that. Um, but these are her take and bake cookie dough options. And what I love about it though, is even though she will change directions or do something different, she stays true to what she loves about it, which is giant cookies. And so I thought when we were talking about Tina's going to come on the show, she's got these take and bake cookies. Like you can buy them frozen. We're excited for her. Let's talk about it on the show. I was like, great. I had no idea that they were still that big. And so when I saw them, when she pulled them out of the bag on the air, I was like, what? I know. Seriously. (laughs) It's really fun. So a fun idea just for a celebration or for any time or whenever you want to be like, Hey, I just want a cookie. And then you just want to have one, but you have a massive, but you need more. (laughs) I mean, like they're half pound cookies. Yeah. I actually brought, one of hers so she's uh available you know at the at the at the vikings stadium yeah you know she's been there for a bunch of years and you can buy her cookies there if you're going to a game but so i was there for the tasting thing and i grabbed one of her and put it in my purse you know like the salted i think it's the salted chocolate chip one. Oh yeah the yeah and yes oh my god and, and they're it just, amazing it was just like, it's like I a sea salt caramel chocolate chip one yeah 
I eat it for like a week, mm-hmm. too. I was like, I would take a little hunk off it. I'd stick it back in the fridge. And I was like, this is the best treat ever, just yeah. to have for a week. I can't believe that lasted for a week. You have I know, a but I'm just here by myself now. Yeah, so. but still. <laughs> so T-Rex cookie dough, anyway, you can look for it. It's in, the, they're in, it's like a turquoise package. Um, and again, Kowalski's, Hy-Vee, and then selected Target stores as well. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about, um, mine is kind of, my first one is not really a food one, yo, because it's a little bit... And I'll stop saying yo. Um, it's one of those things that is, uh, is okay, so we always talk about self-care and everything else. And I think that, I think it's more about, for me, self-maintenance. Mm. Because I think about the things that, like, you know, I kind of need to check off some things off a list. And then I feel, like, calm and at peace. More than if I would just sit in a bath and be like, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. So part of my thing is I needed to go get, you know, a massage because I knew that my, my shoulders were tight. Everything was tight. And to me, like someone's got to, someone's got to beat me up for that. I got to be honest with you. (laughs) So Fusion Life Spa, which is out in Minnetonka off of Minnetonka Boulevard, like way out there. Um, Not way out there. It's Minnetonka. And just past 101 and it is uh it's a great little independent spa and there's a woman named la and she is she is marvelous and i just wanted to shout her out because she just beat me up in the best most compassionate and loving way wow and that's the thing is like sometimes i think you need someone to give you a recommendation because she talked to me beforehand we talked about like what is it what do you want to focus on you know and it's like my neck and my back and she just really kind of worked through those things and we talked through the whole thing in terms of like about, you know, stress and about life and all this kind of stuff. And it was just, it was one of those moments where I just needed someone to sort of like, you know, really work through things on my, you know, on the muscles. Mm-hmm. And I think it, she was marvelous. So That's great. I know. And I think a lot of us, a lot of people I know are like, well, I got to go. I should go. I should go, but I don't know where. So here's what I'm telling you. I'm setting you up to win. Fusion Life Spa, ask for L.A. She's wonderful. Great. I know. That's my rack. Very okay. good. What's your second one? One more thing uh, is bacon-wrapped pork meatloaf. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. It's okay. It's terrific. So this is another thing that I had on Twin Cities Live. I like to just kind of give you some of the highlights. I love that. Uh, Chef Tim McCarty is really fantastic. He is always doing great things with um, all sorts of wonderful ingredients. But I thought this was so good, and I wanted to just highlight it to you because I think that you might want, if you've thought, like, I don't do meatloaf, I think you're going to like this meatloaf. And he did it with ground pork. And then he oh. wrapped it in bacon. What? Wait and a minute. Yes. It's all ground pork? It's all or ground it's pork. Mix? No, it's all ground pork. And it was delicious. It was super tender. Now, you could totally do ground half pork. ground pork, half half um, beef. ground beef if yeah. you want to do whatever. But it was just so delicious. And he had this like wonderful kind of sauce, a tomato balsamic glaze that went with it. And then he also served it with this polenta that was outstanding. And I think sometimes when you think we think about like meal prepping, yeah, strategizing what you're going to make and then thinking about it for leftovers in a different way is so smart. And meatloaf is really great for that because this makes a massive meatloaf. So you can cut it up and eat it for dinner and then cut slices and then just fry them up in a skillet and put it between some buns for a sandwich the next day. And you are living life to the fullest. That's usually what I end up doing. Like even when I had another eater in the house, it was like, we always had the meatloaf for the meatloaf sandwich the Mm -hmm. next day. Or, and then freeze slices of it. So then you've got some slices ready to go and you have some quick things. But I, I know, a lot of people are just kind of thinking about like, oh gosh, I've got, you know, we're back to school. Everybody's like going Seriously. every which way. Yep. It feels like the schedule's really, really going again. And I, I like things. I tend to have a little bit more time in the morning than I have in the evening. So sometimes when I'm just like 
running around, getting lunches made, getting everybody out the door, I can then do like a quick 20 minute prep of something. Yeah. This is a great thing that you could prep in the morning, pop it in your fridge, let it sit and then um, and then throw it in the oven and then you have dinner ready to go. I love that. Hey, here's a question with this recipe. He's asking your there's fresh ground bacon in there. Do right. you can you pick can you buy fresh ground bacon or do you have to do this? He said your butcher can do it. Okay. So you can just ask your butcher to do it or just blitz it up in your food processor. I was going to say if I could just do that yeah. and it would be raw bacon, yeah. you know, because I would I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it just available to pick up, but I, I guess you could just totally do that. In just your do it in your food processor. Take a half a pound of bacon. Okay. Put it in your food processor and just go doop, doop, doop. Just pulse it. Yeah. Make that noise while you do it. Doop, doop, doop. doop, doop. You have to dupe it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, do dupe it. It's really wonderful. <laughs> and the smoked paprika that he put in there was really like great with the smoky bacon. And there's no bacon. breadcrumbs in there? Panko. Oh, panko. I mm-hmm. see it now. Okay. Because sometimes I don't put breadcrumbs in mine. Sometimes I just amp up the Parmesan, which for some reason works. Or you can do what I do in my meatballs is I sub out breadcrumbs for quinoa. Yeah, I've done that too. I, I love do that. cooked quinoa. Love that. And I just, I cook quinoa. I have it sitting there and yeah. then I mix that in with my meatballs. I really like it. I like, yeah. I like the texture. I like Me the too. little like pop. I, I think do it's too. great. I did. I did that with turkey meatballs and I loved mm-hmm. it. It was, and I put a little ricotta in there. So ricotta, quinoa and turkey for the oh, meatballs. That's super smart. Isn't that good? So whatever, you know, I mean, you can look at this recipe as sort of a, a you know, a game plan, but I, love this. I just think you're going to look at this meatloaf recipe and go, Oh, I want to make that. I want to make that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that up. Yeah. All right. You guys, my other last one was just pesto and it's just because I can do it <laughs> without having to use a recipe. And so I'm just going to say the last, end of my basil kind of just like went crazy because of the warmth and so then I just I just ripped the plants up and I just made a ton of pesto yeah and I'm just loving that because it just reminds me that I'm gonna have it and I froze it because I know I'm gonna have it this winter so that's mm-hmm. awesome I think that's great all right you guys we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back we are actually gonna talk about sheep's milk cheese I'm excited to talk to you about this this is gonna be exciting I'm all about it I know we'll be right back this is a weekly dish on my talk 1071 brought to you by Knob Creek Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese today. Good morning, friends. It is a fun, good day. And it is my weather report is that it's a little bit, I don't know, mucky outside. It's like hazy out there. I think it's hazy and mucky. And I think it's maybe going to maybe rain and maybe not. I don't know. Turn on some college football today. That's what we've got going on. I think that's how you do it. And I think you need to bake some stuff. I personally am going to bake some things that I will tell you about later in the show. Ooh. I'm just teasing that there might be pumpkin. All right. I do want to talk about cheese, though, because let's be honest, I always want to talk about cheese. Me too. I because feel I very just, good about cheese. I literally love cheese more than anything. I so think. do I. I think cheese is such a wonderful thing. I've heard people say cheese is the perfect food. I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's I really think- great. Um, but this got me thinking. So I was a longtime subscriber to Modern Farmer mm-hmm. magazine. I, really a beautiful magazine. A like, wonderful magazine. I mean, you can make fun of me for nope. watching, for looking at Modern Farmer. But now they've turned to an online-only newsletter. I do think subscribing is great because they have some really lovely articles and they just like explain things in ways that I don't always think about. And, um, I like their point of view. Yeah. So I got their newsletter this week and then clicked on um, a headline, which said the unique struggle of running a sheep dairy in America. And I've always sort of taken for granted that we have, um, really great local sheep's milk cheese because yeah. I've been buying cheese, which I'm sure you have from Shepherd's Way Farms for years for and years. 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 I mean, I have a mattress topper from <laughs> Shepherd's Way that I like hauled home from when I ordered it from them from the Mill City Farmer's Market. Oh, yeah. No, they are, I, they, Jody and 
I mean, is like one of the people that I literally need to just like make sure I check in with. Yeah, you know. they're really, and I don't ever, I don't even know if I know that. I, I mean, I've talked to Steven quite a few times at the farmer's market, but oh. it's never like, hey, I'm my name. You know, oh, I yeah? just, I just chat with them you when I go. You would love the Olsen Reed, seriously. I'm sure I would. And then I just always buy, um, I just buy their cheese Yeah, all the time because they have really delicious sheep's milk cheese. And, um, you know, a lot of people will say we've dealt with some dairy allergies in our household. Um, and you know, we, I work to remedy them. So my daughter actually grew out of hers. So she, which was great, but a lot of people with dairy sensitivity, some can really tolerate sheep and goat's milk cheese better than cow's milk cheese. Yes. So you can kind of experiment a little bit, but I just love like the grassy, like kind of briny nature of sheep's milk, sheep's milk cheese. Like I would always, I really love like pecorino on top of pasta in, and I love Parmesan too, but even instead of Parmesan, I just think it's so flavorful. Yep. I agree. It's got like that kind of salty bite that I really like. So, you know, I, because I always buy Shepherd's Way farms and I see them all the time at the farmer's market and all these things, I didn't realize that there are fewer, according to Modern Farmer, there are fewer than 200 sheep dairies in the United States. Yeah. Did you know that? No, no. This is shocking. There are a couple of things that really contribute to this. I mean, small-scale farming, number one, is a big challenge. Um, And then when it comes to sheep dairying, there are a little more than 40,000 American dairy farms. Fewer than 200 of those are sheep dairies. That's crazy. So there's all sorts of things that go into it, um, particularly limited milk production. Yeah. And then the lack of infrastructure and there is a genetic situation with sheep's milk and then also the marketing like the marketing. there's just not an institutional well, support situation set up for for sheep's milk dairies yeah it sounds like and just kind of breezing through this article that you posted or that you have and we'll post it for you guys so you can read it please do but it is really interesting to think about how it's true the cow infrastructure it's like the popular kids right yeah and they're like like if anything goes wrong in in cow dairying you know people are like wait a minute let's figure this out we got to change this we got to do this but she's saying you know they're saying that like in sheep dairies it's kind of like hello I know. We're over here. And they talked to Stephen and Jody from Shepherd's Way Farms, which is so interesting. So they're quoted in this article and they talk about some of their cheeses. They talk about overcoming a fire in 2005. Oh my God, the fire. When their barn went up in flames. And and this is is interesting. Did you see, she said, and this is true because I remember the fire. I remember the, the feeling of it all. And it's like you hear about, you know, different tragedies on farms and everything else. And you're kind of like, oh, that's, you know, like tornadoes and everything's bad yeah but then it was something about the the connection to sheep and people do have some sort of a connection it, they felt it personally well yeah i think there's a biblical connection oh, too that's true. you know <laughs> it goes all the way back to oh, right. the lord is my shepherd and yeah. i think so there is that I, okay. I think that sort of like faith-based historical connection to sheep yeah is something that is really um baked into our culture that being said though it doesn't translate into support for sheep dairies in the united states which is so fascinating so if you've ever had a great manchego i mean manchego is one of the greatest cheeses of the world it is and every time i put manchego out on a on a cheese board and then because it's kind of like a must do for me when we have people over sure and people are like, oh my gosh, what is this cheese? And I'm like, it's Manchego. It's a Spanish sheep's milk cheese. And it's so wonderful because it can go sweet. Yep. It can go salty. And it's it so good with anything so sweet. well with anything you put it with. Yeah, it's really wonderful. Um, and a lot of us are maybe familiar with the Manchego or the Pecorino as being European cheeses, but not as much here. So it just got me thinking about Shepherd's Way and about maybe seeking out other American-made 
sheep's milk cheeses and how if we could really support them through continuing to buy it and kind of making it more part of our culture what a beautiful thing that is and how we could just really help impact small farms because i mean there aren't massive scaled sheep dairies in in the united states it doesn't doesn't seem like no listen i love the small farmer more than just about anything right and there's like and the thing is that, that they have just reading about like it's just so much and i'm not saying it's like better for the environment or whatever i'm just saying that they have you know it's just a different way of of you know, like the way that they affect the environment and the way that they produce and everything else. And I just think having the diversity of all that is really important. Like we have right. to champion the diversity of that stuff. Yeah. And to me, those cheeses are outstanding. I mean, if you've ever had um, the the mushroom, what's the mushroom one that I can't even think about? Um, From Shepherd's Way? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't the know Morcella. The yeah, it's okay. Morcella. Great. I love that. And that's a cheese that like my kid is like, oh, is there... Is there any, if he sees it in the case, he will grab it every time because it's so, it's so good. beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting. And we were talking earlier in the show about, you know, regenerative farming and how having a real holistic farm is so important. And that's exactly what the team at Shepherd's Way was telling Modern Farmer that, um, that sheep's milk cheeses by kind of by design and the way that you raise them is just automatically regenerative farming. Like their sheep are raised on pasture and then they walk around and they eat all the grasses and they keep the land in good shape and then they fertilize it with their droppings. I mean, that, that is the holistic farm model. That's the regenerative farming. That is the wave of the future. And you can buy shepherd's way cheese right here and and be part of that. And then you can just put the cheese in your pie hole. I know. And their son used to work at Certix at the cheese shop. Oh, great. I don't know if he still does. I know that there was one of the family members who was there, but because of that, there's a very good connection there. And sometimes they have special cheeses at Certix that are shepherd's way, like a little bit of a, you know, experimental shepherd's way cheese or, you know, like a trial thing. And I know that they have the fresh, I think they have the fresh Tom, the T O M M E there, which is like an unbelievable fresh cheese to try. Um, and I would just say that, you know, knowing that how expensive things are as far as like, you know, it's hay is more expensive. Grain is more expensive, but like cheese farmers can't necessarily raise the price much higher. Yeah. And so just, you know, maybe put it on your roster to pick it up whenever you can is a good thing. It's good stuff. Read this article. I think you guys will like it. Dishers. Excellent. Mm-hmm. We'll put it up there for you. All right, you guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk to a couple of ladies who are really working hard to give support to the people affected by hurricanes in NOLA. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. It's uh the first weekend of October, so I'm feeling I'm feeling I don't know what I'm feeling. A little spooky maybe? I don't know. Ooh, I'm not sure. But I have Elizabeth Reese with me, which makes me feel not scared at all. Yahoo! Yahoo. It's nice to be with you this morning. Thank you for coming. Seriously. I love it. Okay. So here's the deal. Um, we also are being joined right now by a couple of ladies who I really like. Um, I have our Serena and Barrett on the line. You guys there? Hi! Woohoo! All right. These are the ladies of... You guys always... You guys have to tell me if I say it right. If I say Zenska Glava... Or am I, what am I saying? Shenska. So it's, yeah, you got it. It's Shenska Glava. Shenska Glava, which is a wine. I mean, you guys are just the best winos I know is how I'm going to say it. Because <laughs> it's like a couple of women in the industry, in the restaurant industry, who really want to educate people about wine and, and, and teach cool classes and all kinds of stuff. You guys, tell us a little bit about Shenska first. And then we're going to get to how we're going to help Nola. Yeah, so Jensa Slava is really um, a sommelier service, and so we 
do everything from teaching um, education. We do virtual wine classes right now to um, private events, and we're hoping to get more into, like, uh, trainings and things like that for folks. Oh, good. I know. So you guys have always, your classes are super fun because it's things like how to taste wine like an out-of-work sommelier. (laughs) That, to me, is one of my favorite (laughs) titles of a class ever. And like the Loire Valley for the people, that's one of those things that I think is when people are feeling weird about they don't know about wine. I love that you guys come at it with a perspective that is, you know, approachable and just really fun. Yeah, we we know that, you know, some people try to kind of oversimplify wine and we know that there's no way to do that. So instead, we just try to make it approachable so that we can kind of tackle this really complex together this is wonderful this is wonderful so okay let's talk a little bit about what's going on this weekend because you guys are you guys have spearheaded a fundraiser for uh ida relief for nola tell me a little bit about what that looks like and why you guys decided to do that yeah so we um we got hooked up with uh the folks at turning tables through a mutual friend um and they're doing some really cool work um creating um, education resources and opportunities for bartenders in New Orleans. And this kind of just opened up the conversation for us um, about ways that we could help the industry in general there. Um, And so I was speaking with a friend of mine and I was saying, like, is there anything that we can do to help? And he said, throw a fundraiser. And we're so, um, we have so many like wonderful um, people in our community and wine and food and it was kind of like easy to get to get everyone together because everyone's so eager to help. So uh, we're throwing an event tomorrow night um, from five to nine at Pica. Right. And we have um, Marty's serving up sandwiches, um, lots of other snacks, uh, Libation Project, New France and Rootstock have come together to donate a bunch of wines. Jin Jin is making cocktails. So it's just going to be like a big party. And then we have night moves playing kind of like a mini show. Oh, that's so fun. Isn't that fun? Yeah, really fun. I love this. And how much are tickets, you guys? So tickets are $50. Okay. They're a donation that goes directly to um, the organizations we're working with, which are Turning Tables, Another Round, Another Rally. Mm-hmm. And then half of the um, donation amount is also going to uh, the bayoufund.org, which is set up by the Mosquito, um, Supper, Mosquito Club. Supper Club. Yeah. <laughs> And they're actually helping the southern uh, parishes, um, people, like the Fisher people, and um, places where electricity hasn't even returned. Oh, so, my gosh. Uh, that's where all of the $50 is going. This is great. Do you feel like this is and the thing we, that I've been thinking about? Is that Do you think like we get where our attention spans are so short that basically we kind of have forgotten already about the fact that Hurricane Ida ripped through these towns and these villages and these parishes, and it devastated a lot of them? And New Orleans truly is is such a hospitality and service industry kind of town as well. And so if you think about on the heels of the pandemic, you know, still ongoing pandemic, it's really cool that we get to kind of partner with these people that are really on the ground doing the actual work. Yeah. Do you do you guys have friends down there? I mean, like, do you actually know people? Because I know that the in the service industry, especially people go down for taste of, or, you know, the tales of uh, what I, I just lost. The, the cocktail. Yes. The cocktail. You know, this this thing that maybe outside the industry, people don't know that, like, you know, in August, usually this the entire drinks sort of industry descends upon New Orleans and has a huge convention. And so it's kind of a place in people's hearts, I think, because of that. Do you guys have friends down there? 
I actually don't, um, I mean, there's lots of colleagues and stuff like that, yeah. but I actually haven't been to New Orleans in a long time, so I don't have as many, but I know Serena has a friend that used to live here. Yeah, I, I will, I got connected with a lot of these folks who now are becoming friends, but, yeah. um, uh, a guy named Corey Cartwright, who was actually from, um, uh, Oakland, but he started a selection Masala, which is very popular in Minneapolis or Minnesota in general. So if you're a natural wine lover, you've probably uh, drunk their wines. They're um, in a natural wine importer. Yeah. He opened up a, a bar in New Orleans called the Tell Me Bar, and he is getting us connected with all these people. So I don't have a ton of, like, friends, but it's more like the camaraderie of our yeah. industries yeah. and kind of this, like, shared experience that we have just like loving food and beverages I oh gosh that. and it's hard to find a, a place that's better to eat oh. and drink than new orleans i mean it's just it's that's just the truth of it i think you know i love that you're bringing awareness to this and i you know i think when you talk about that stuff it's it, have people forgotten i just think we're so inundated and overwhelmed with difficult situations you know we're in that kind of um uh, that news cycle, unfortunately, and so it gets difficult, I think, for people to take it all in all the time and then feel the weight of taking in suffering. And so I think the way that you're that you two are just, you know, bringing people together in a fun and positive way that people that are passionate about like minded things to to help is such a wonderful way to go about it. Thank you. Yeah, that's kind of what kind of started this whole thing is that we felt really overwhelmed by all of yeah. the things that are really happening in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And this was just a way to contribute in a positive way and just kind of do something and not just feel bad. So. Yeah. Not yeah. just sit around so and wring your hands. Yeah. I know. Talk a little bit about some of the, uh, some of the raffle prizes that are, that are available because people have shown up and donated some really good things. Yeah, definitely. It's um, kind of crazy. <laughs> It's really funny because we're like, oh, we'll have a raffle component. It'll be fun. But this is becoming like almost like the the best part. Oh, it's know. like a shopping. Sc- I mean, like I'm literally like, I, and by the way, you guys, I'm emceeing. So I don't get to win anything, but I'm going to be announcing <laughs> all of this. And I'm just jealous. I'm jealous that there's like, you know, Sunday, the Saturday like, Dumpling Club. I don't think club. I win if I'm throwing the event. <laughs> right. I know you guys, we kind of screwed ourselves out of this. But tell us a little bit about some of your favorite pieces of the raffle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about, uh, so Weekender, kind of this new project from um, Jamie Malone. They yes. donated one of their Weekender boxes, and they are, I don't know, they just look so dreamy. I'm sure you've seen them all over social media. They're like, I don't know, kind of like a slice of maybe like Europe in a, in a box. Ooh, yes. I want that. Fun. Yes. Yeah, and then um, uh, we have Dumpling Feasts donated by Saturday Dumpling Club. So they've uh, donated four like uh feasts that you can win they each have four orders of dumplings we have forage has put together a really cool basket for us um the new uh kind of uh cottage um kind of food spot called sisters minneapolis has donated um one of their boxes that they're doing for their october pop-up i just saw uh, that they're really they cool. the bread and pastry box at their next sale which is like one loaf of, you know, homemade sourdough bread, two sweet Danish, two, you know, savory Danishes, all a surprise cookie, like these kind of things like that you, and what I love, like also Saturday Dumpling Club, like you can't get those things. So like coming to get it and putting it at the, at the uh, getting and going in for the raffle is like a way that you can finally don't have to sign up and hopefully get it. You can maybe get it that way. Yeah, it's a really cool kind of mix of these really, like you said, things that you can't always get and then like super, super favorites, like Alma's donated a gift card. Um, we have a diff- uh, shopping 
um, Spree from France 44, Henry and Son, who's our retail partner for our um, virtual events, as well as um, Eden. Yeah, shopping there. There's just tons of gift cards. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. Okay. And so, how, and so people can, how, where can they get the tickets for this? So they can get the tickets on um, the website, the Another Round, Another Rally website. Okay. We have an events page on their site. Um, it's also in our Instagram bio. If you follow us at Jenska Glava, you can also go to our website, jenskaglava.com, and we have an uh, item release page built out with all the links. Okay. I will definitely put that in there, and I'll put that on the, sh- on the uh, Facebook page, you guys, so you can tap in and it's really going to be a great night and there's a lot of great libations and good sips and it's at pica if you guys have never been to pica it's kind of um kind of close to the station actually it's a little bit over by kind of between minneapolis and st paul oh, great that's where i like to live yeah. right yeah. in between you drive right by it <laughs> and it's like a beautiful space i mean it really is just a beautiful space so i'm very excited and i hope you guys join us for this this is going to be fun um, yeah, we hope to see you there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'll be a great time. All right, you guys, thanks for calling in, and I will keep pushing it because I think it's a great deal. Come join us on Sunday night. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks, thanks for having us. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, that is fun. I think it'll be a good time. I like these boxes that we're talking about that are raffle items, and I feel like we need to do some sort of roundup either in your magazine or on Twin Cities Live on, like, you know, you we gift boxes, listen. subscription boxes. I'm, like, a big fan of having a box of something it's fun still show happening. up. Like, if we can continue this from, you know, I know that, you know, actually the funny thing is I got an email from someone who asked me what was happening with the Thanksgiving boxes already, and I'm like, oh, we don't know. You know, we don't know. Oh, yeah, but last but year they were such it. a huge hit for people, and I yeah. think the rest are kind of in that place of deciding whether they're going to do them or not you know it's really fun though i and i think any any makers who can kind of curate a box of something is just super fun i know i know it's a it's an easy way to get gifts by the way to give gifts because you don't have to like run around they've got all the good stuff just put right in a little thing for you i know we kind of do like a mini one so my husband works in sales and so he has um you know a lot of clients and so we always go like we go to golden fig and see Lori, and we just say okay here's our here's the budget yeah and then and i have fun because i get like get to help pick out what goes in and yeah. then like we need 30 of these and you know put them all together yeah. and it's just that's like a such an easy way to do a gift it is. for someone and it, it's a common guys it's time to like you know get your holiday pants on it's oh, i'm not ready i still have to get spooky for a while Mm-hmm. And then I'll think about how I know, but I'm prepping. I'm trying to like do some early Christmas gift shopping and mm-hmm. have like a plan so that I'm not in last minute mayhem. Mode. This is good. This, and I will tell you that I have already put the uh, November issue to bed. So with that, we're going to wow. take a quick break. I know. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. You guys, we come back. We are going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about a, a couple pumpkin things, too. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. Hey everybody, welcome to Weekly Dish. Welcome back to Weekly Dish and welcome to the end of Weekly Dish, I guess. This is oh, how we gosh. wrap it up. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. It's been it's been a good couple of hours here, I gotta tell you. Yeah, we're having a great time. The good thing is, um, I'm gonna be back next week. I know, you are. And I'm gonna be with Stephanie Hansen because it's, you're gonna be gone somewhere. I am gonna go to Iceland. Oh yeah. You yes. know, why not? Just why go to Iceland. Not? That's really great. You're gonna be in Iceland and so I will not be calling yeah. in from Iceland, just to be clear. Like <laughs> Hansen called in from Florida. I'm not calling in from Iceland. So. I would feel jealous if I wasn't in the Willamette Valley last weekend. I know, I'm right? You did okay. You did get your travel. Everybody is traveling. I really feel like all of a sudden there's like 
I mean, like three other people I tried to get in touch with this week. They're like, oh, I'm in Italy. Oh, I'm in, you know. Get a little jet set on if you can pull it off. I guess this is the time. It's Feels the perfect good weather. for a person. It's the perfect weather. Brian, are you are you headed out anywhere? Are you going on a trip? Yeah, so in the third week of October or this month, I'm going to Colorado for a bachelor party. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... Okay, you guys going into the mountains and stuff? Are yeah. you? Uh, I think so. Uh, my buddy rented out a cabin in Beckenridge. Oh so, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm a, I'm pumped to go there. I've never been to Colorado, only just for a layover, so that doesn't really count. But... Oh, you're gonna love it. Oh, it's yeah. so it's so great. The air up there is so just like crisp. It's just mm-hmm. crisp by nature. You know what I mean? I just love that place. Yeah, oh, yeah. my actually my nephew lives there, so I think it's like I gotta go visit him at some point too. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love it. Good job. Well, well done on your travel. Everyone's traveling. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm actually worried about my fridge right now because I have too much stuff in my fridge and I'm leaving it. You know what I mean? And so that's like, I need to like empty out some stuff, I think, <laughs> from the fridge. I'm back. Oh, they, did you leave? Yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't even notice, but no, I, I didn't. Did. I was just talking because I'm what so happens. glad because this is the beginning of the show and the end of the show is when I'm we're having technical issues. It's good. It's all good. Um, I just we, I want to talk a little bit. I'm going to tell you that I'm making pumpkin chocolate chip cookies to send to some of the boys. Great, you know, and that's kind of one of those things where it's like I was I was looking for a recipe because I didn't. I usually used to make them pumpkin chocolate chip bread, but I feel like. I have to ship it, you know, to the college. I colleges. think I'm going to bake something pumpkin-y today, too. I think you should. I feel like you should. I want You know, um, let me tell you, if you're looking for a great pumpkin treat recipe, Sarah Kiefer, she just came out with oh, her new holiday, holiday book, book. But in her 100 Cookies Cookbook, yeah. which is... Uh, spectacular it's a spectacular book it really is a must-have for anybody who loves baking i mean whenever you're like oh i need to bring cookies or bars somewhere it is the best her pumpkin cheesecake bars that are in that cookbook are that's the best pumpkin treat i've ever had in my life yes that's and that's just the truth of the matter and i she actually made them when we do our 12 days of cookie series on twin cities live she made them for me the year before her 100 cookies book came out so i had them at her house then and they're so unbelievably good i think that they are i think that they're sort of like maybe could if we can all just get behind them a little bit like a push a little harder they could take over like the pumpkin spice latte as your whole pumpkin thing because they're actually really pumpkin and even better than a pumpkin um pie i you know i went on record and said this on twin cities live this week and i don't know how controversial it was but i would rather have like a pumpkin bread a pumpkin cheesecake, yes. a pumpkin cheesecake bar or something like that over um, pumpkin pie. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Speaking of cheesecake, boy, do I love that cheesecake funk. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, She's my God. My does she favorites. have pumpkin cheesecake? I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. Yeah. She has a turtle one that's like over the top. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. She's I'm amazing. In for that. Um, let's talk a little bit more about wild rice because I want to get back to that. Oh, I'm what so is, glad. Yeah. What is your trick and what's your what's your uh, what's your hack there? Well, OK. The main thing is, is that you've got to buy true wild rice instead of the cultivated stuff. And yes. there are a few reasons. I actually went back um, and I read a really great article that Amy Thielen wrote for Savor magazine in 2019, where she talked about going um going ricing with uh, members of the Ojibwe tribe up near her house in northern Minnesota yeah. and so it was a re- it was a great kind of primer and I did post a link to it on my blog hometohomestead.com because it was really helpful for me to kind of you know figure out how to articulate the difference now I know that 
actual hand harvested wild rice is is uh, it's a treasure and it is. it is hand harvested by the native people in a beautiful way where you're like standing in this canoe whacking at these grasses and then getting the wild rice into the canoe wild rice is actually an aquatic grass it's a grass it's not related in any way it's, to asian rice it's not rice at all no but it it is still referred to as rice by the native american people yeah but but the cultivated wild rice which is like those kind of nail like black shards of grain that never really cook into something tender yeah uh, the native people call that patty rice and that is a completely different thing than true hand harvested wild rice the hand harvested wild rice is then parched over a wood fire and then it's packaged up and it's sold and it's pretty much all sold by native people so mm-hmm. it's really great well, there um, it is. yeah there's um i have bought one and i find it at local co-ops you can oftentimes find it at um you know different like fairs and things like that but you have to sort of seek it out yep um and there are some local people who i buy this autumn harvest yeah kind. that's what i buy too um, you've probably seen it places and I actually featured it in my segment on, on Minnesota live this week. And then, um, and then the family was like, Oh my gosh, we saw that you featured our rice. Thank you so much. And it was just really exciting. So I linked up on my Facebook page, how you can get in touch with them too, but there are other ones, but you got to kind of look for it. Like you, it's going to be in like a little plastic package in the grain and rice section of your co-op. It's it. it I mean, I was even just looking on like, other online sources it's really hard to find and my grandma who lives in texas loves it so much that whenever she would visit or we would or we go there she requests minnesota wild rice and it's like an amazing thing that we have that it's not it doesn't grow it doesn't anywhere else no and this is the thing is like and the funny part the ojibwe you know term for wild rice is manumen you Mm -hmm. know manumen and like you know you've gone to hell's kitchen before and seen the manumen porridge oh it's so good you know it's kind of like the funny thing to me is that people don't know that this is i mean you know they don't have this culture in other places and that's it's just an indigenous food that i think we kind of have a little bit of a knowledge about but we really don't know fully how it you know, it really affected the way and the cultures of the Ojibwe and Mm -hmm. so many tribes. But then it also found its way into northern Minnesotan. You know, that's why we have wild rice cream of wild chicken, wild rice soup. Oh, sure. You know, to me, like the the whole etymology of it and the whole journey of it is so interesting to me and that it's totally Minnesotan, you know? Yeah. And it's something, and I mean, you can, there's other places, but really it's like the Manumen, you know, which is, it, it's basically called the food that grows on water. Yeah. It's not called wild. It's just rice. They just call it as rice and Manumen. And it's, I think that there's something about that that is so intriguing. It totally is. And it's delicious. And so the trick too is that you simmer it in a lot of water. You do yeah. like one cup of wild rice to about three to four cups of water i i do chicken stock um and then put that in my wild rice soup yeah and it just like pops and it's tender and it's fabulous treat it like risotto and that's one of the things that i do is make porridge out of it treat it like risotto do it savory maybe we'll have a whole segment the next time you're on about just wild rice dishes and the way we can do this great okay i'm in (laughs) all right well don't do it next week because i won't be here but (laughs) anyway have a great one thank you for joining elizabeth thanks everybody ciao ciao